in Hello and welcome back after the summer break. You might not recognize our voices and that's because we are Venture Lab's new student employees. My name is Sarah Lindgren and I study strategic communication. And my name is Marcus and I study entrepreneurship and social innovation. So today's episode is about our upcoming event, Lund Innovation Challenge. And we have three guests with us today. Ellen Klofstein, who is the project leader for this event. Neil Greenspan, the CEO for Perfect Your Pitch. And Max from the company Scotch, who participated in Lund Innovation Challenge during 2019. But before we talk about those exciting things, let us tell you a bit about Venture Lab. So, for you who don't know about Venture Lab, we collaborate with Lund University and help students start projects and ideas by offering inspirational events and coaching. Our aim is to engage students in entrepreneurship and innovation. So, over to the project leader for Lund Innovation Challenge, Ellen Klofstein. So my name is Ellen uh, and I'm the project leader for this year's Lund Innovation Challenge, which is very exciting. Um, I'm so happy to be doing this. Uh, and I'm also the one who used to host the podcast together with my old colleague Tia, but now we've both moved on to different things. And um, I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about the event since uh, most people might not know about it. Um, last year it was digital, so we're really excited to have it uh, physical this year again. It's going to be amazing to actually see all of the students live, uh, not just over the, <laughs> the screen. Um, but what it is, is um, it's a 48-hour challenge, so it runs from Friday afternoon until Sunday afternoon. Uh, and this year's uh, theme is the future of education. So you can apply for this individually or in teams, and during the weekend you get to come up with like an innovative idea that solves some sort of problem that can uh, somehow like solve a problem within the future of education. And um, during the event you get to attend lots of inspirational talks and different workshops that will help you along the way. Um, and by the end of the weekend, when you reach the Sunday, um, you're going to pitch your idea for a jury and uh, then the jury will choose like who wins, there'll be three different prizes, and then the weekend's over. Who can apply to Lund Innovation Challenge? Anyone. We really want people from all faculties to um, apply, that would be great. The only requirement is that you have to be a student at Lund University. But otherwise, we like to see lots of diversity. The whole event is in English, so um, you don't have to be a Swedish-speaking student. Do you need any prior knowledge to take part of the Lund Innovation Challenge? No, you don't, uh, whatsoever. We will provide you with all the tips and tricks and tools that you'll need to get started on your idea. Do you uh, apply by yourself or with a friend or like a group? Um, you can apply by yourself, but uh, everyone has to be in a team. So if you do apply individually, then you will be... Uh, well, not randomly selected with the other students. We try to um, create a lot of diversity in the teams, but you will be paired up with at least three other people if you apply on your own. But you can also apply in teams of four otherwise. Okay. What can you expect about the whole weekend? 
Well, apart from it being a really exciting and fun weekend, uh, you can expect to gain lots of experience in working in teams, especially under pressure. Uh, you'll gain lots of experience in pitching, like you'll be speaking to Neil Greenspan later on in this podcast, he'll tell you all about that. And you'll learn some basic business models and you get all of the food for free during the whole weekend, which is a major plus. Um, but yeah, and you'll meet lots of different people and we'll also have some inspiring um, like keynote speakers um, talking about the future of education and what innovation looks like uh, within that market, which is really fun. So lots of things. Yeah. We'll, we'll be seeing you at the event then? Definitely. But I'll be running yeah. around stressed out trying to... I'll be running uh, around trying to yeah. solve potential issues yeah. that pop up, but I'll definitely be there. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you for telling us about Linen Mason Thank you for having me. So now we're going to talk with Neil Greenspan, who's a pitch expert. Uh, my name is Neil Greenspan. I am an American, been living in Sweden since May of 2004. I have run my own marketing and communications consulting company for the past nine years called Perfect Your Pitch. Um, I consider pitch as a communications tool and not only where startups are asking for money. And right now I'm working full-time as a communications project manager for Alpha Laval, who brought me in to handle a project, but because of the length and the magnitude of it, they wanted me to be employed as opposed to a, a, a consultant. I also do um, pitch coaching on the side. I still work with Adion Innovation, which is just downstairs from where we're doing this interview right now, helping pitch coach and also helping Pella Yavel, who's one of the business coaches there, with something called Pitcher's Corner, um, which is every other Tuesday, we have four teams that deliver a pitch, get feedback, and repeat the process. So, um, yeah, I, I, grew up, I grew up in the States, um, had some crap jobs, so decided to go back to school and get an MBA in marketing, and then I, I, that's when I kind of consider my career really started. But when I moved to Sweden, the career kind of went sideways, and I felt like I had to kind of reinvent myself, and I was doing a lot of networking events, talking to a lot of really, really intelligent people with some amazing ideas, but who weren't necessarily that good at communicating those ideas. And I said, ah, I'm good at that. <laughs> And then I started my company with the worst business model in the world, which was trying to convince startups to pay me to teach them soft skills. So that didn't go very well. But slowly but surely, I started to meet people, started to network, started coming to places, not at first, but places like Venture Lab, that actually did have some money and knew that the startups that were sitting there, whether they be students or people who just got laid off from Sony Ericsson starting up a company, um, they needed the skills that, that I could offer. And so Perfect Your Pitch is the name of my company, but it's really about marketing. It's really about communications. But Perfect Your Pitch just sounds better than Perfect Your Marketing. So, and I've been doing that for about nine years. Have had a few jobs out of the Science Park. Have worked with Venture Labs on uh, lots of different events, including the Lind Innovation Challenge, which I guess is in a couple of weeks and we'll speak about. Mm. And love working with the students, love the energy, you know, the, the fact that Lund kind of encourages this entrepreneurial and innovative path I think it's one of the reasons why tiny little Sweden is one of the you know most innovative countries in the world. But how did you first uh, get in touch with uh, Venture Lab and, and our work? So with Venture Lab, it was basically through a DN Innovation. 
which mm-hmm. is the the grown-up incubator yeah. here, right? So so as students, you come to Venture Lab, and then once you start your company, then maybe you would move on to Dean Innovation at, at some point, and some people definitely have done that. And But here at Dean Science Park, there's kind of a family feeling. Um, is uh, Science parks don't exist without the entities that are, that are around them. So in this case, Loon, Loon University, the big companies, the small companies, the startups, and to our benefit also the, the hospital. Loon's Hospital is a, is a teaching hospital, and it's a great place for medical ideas to, to get advanced. Uh, so we, we work very closely together, and, and I've never heard at a Dion say, well, you know, no, Venture Lab, they only do that, and we only do this. There's always been, let's see what we can do together. So I was introduced to Venture Lab through my work at, at a Dion Innovation. During the Loon Innovation Challenge uh, last year, you talked about pitching. What is pitching, and why is it called to pitch an idea? Yeah, I talk a lot about pitching. So I'm, <laughs> around here, I'm known as the pitch coach, hmm? right? And uh, I, I, I haven't kept count, but I did do kind of a, 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 little, a little bit of math last year because I was really curious to if I could figure out how many pitches I've listened to over the over the years. And and at this point, I'm pretty sure it's it's well over 200 per year. So I'm up over 1600 that I listen to and give feedback on. And, and not, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So because there are a lot of different events, right? So at, at, at the, the Innovation Challenge, I might be able to add 30 to that in one day. So mm-hmm. it's events like that. So it's not like I listen to, let's say, one every other day. Sometimes there's 10 in one day, and sometimes I go a couple of weeks without listening to them. But I, I, I love it. I love listening to the ideas. I love giving the feedback. I've learned a lot about giving feedback as well. Um, through both my work here, but also in, in, a, in an organization called Toastmasters, where it's about public speaking, but actually the flip side of that is learning how to listen and give good feedback so people can become better. And I've taken a lot of those lessons to become a, to become a pitch coach. Now, you asked me, why is it called a pitch? So even though I'm a little bit older than the two of you guys in this room here, I go on Google too, and <laughs> that's what I did. I said, "Why is it called a pitch?" Yeah, yeah. And to be honest with you, I got no good answer for that. Mm-hmm. I did not yeah. get a good answer. What I can say is, is that my concept of a pitch is very broad. So when I talk to people, and, and like I said, when I introduced myself, that I could really call my company "Perfect Your Marketing," but that's just boring. Mm-hmm. So I view a pitch as as any as a tool where you're always you're looking to to progress an idea, a concept, a product, a service, even yourself. That's a pitch. Does, does that include asking investors for money? Absolutely. But that's just one type of pitch. So I view pitching as very broad. I view pitching as a, as a marketing tool and a communications tool. And these days, how do we find most businesses, most people online? Yeah. So I tell people, if you're not clear about who you are online, then you're failing at the first level of pitching that you have because that's a part of your pitch. What does your website look like, right? It doesn't have to be big fancy with lots of bells and whistles, but it has to get somebody interested in taking the next step because, yeah, there are some websites for sure that you do all your business online. You don't have to contact people. But for me, I need I need people to get interested in contacting me and reaching out to me because I don't really do business. on I don't sell online, let's say. So pitching is very broad. I wish I had a snappy answer to why it's called a pitch. Unfortunately, I don't. So, <laughs> but that's very interesting because it's it feels like when you when you think about pitch, like pitching, it's like you do it in front of another person. Like, it, yes. Have you heard about this? I am blah 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 blah. Absolutely. So it's so interesting hearing it 
And, and, and a website could be a pitch. And that, and that absolutely is a pitch. And again, this is my opinion yeah. of, of, of what a pitch is. Somebody say, well, but that's marketing. And, and I would say, but, but, but a pitch is a, a kind of marketing. So mm-hmm. I have you know, expanded a little bit. Um, the interesting part, though, actually, is when you go into Google and you, and you don't ask why do they call it a pitch, but you ask what is a pitch, mm-hmm. you get over 400 million hits. And it's, a pitch is both, it's used as a noun and a verb, right? And, and Google gives you those little boxes. And in both, in, in both the noun and the verb boxes, pitching as, let's say, a business activity doesn't rank higher than number five in either of them. I think it's number seven in one of them and number five in the other. Because a pitch, you know, you have a football pitch, you have a pitch in baseball, you have a pitch as a, as a golf <laughs> shot, you have a pitch fork in, in, to get in, in tune when you're a musician. So many different... So the, the fact that people would think that a pitch is only when you're doing it live or only when you're asking for money, I, I disagree with that. And somebody can disagree with me, and that's fine, right? <laughs> um, we can, as long as we can talk about it. But I think the concept of, of, of expanding the, the use of a pitch as a marketing and communications tool, I see that as only beneficial to, to the, the, the people that I help, whether it's students who are just starting out or I've, I've done pitch coaching with the government here in, 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 in southern Sweden and some of the bigger companies that are here in southern Sweden as well. So it works on lots of different levels. And as long as they get a benefit out of it, then what the meaning that you place behind the word has much less importance than the value you get out of it. What would you say if you compare a, a good pitch to a bad one? How would you say, like, what is the differences? I think a good pitch is... When, when I do pitch coaching, um, I have a couple of, of, of tips as to what you should do before you start. And one of the things that you should do before, and before you start creating your pitch, and whether it's going to be a pitch that you give live or, 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 a, or a, a PowerPoint deck or, or, or a, key point, a keynote deck that you send out, before you start it, you should ask yourself two questions. Um, one is, who's my audience? Who's I going to listen? Who's going to be reading this or listening to it? But the second one is, 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 is in what you're talking about here. And this is, what do I want this pitch to achieve? So there, so there are different types of pitches, different names of pitches. Elevator pitch, which is generally associated with a short, a, a short pitch, something a minute or less, usually around 30 seconds. Now people say, oh, I can't sell my, 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 my business in 30 seconds. And I say, that's fine. Don't try. An elevator pitch, you don't need to sell. The elevator pitch is to set up. It's to get the time where you actually can then sell. Why is it called elevator pitch? So that's a, that's a good question too. <laughs> now, 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 now I'm losing my, my, my train of thought here because I was answering your, your question. Like start starting with the goal. So what makes it effective? So an effective pitch is one that achieves its purpose. Okay. So if giving an elevator pitch, I talk to you and I want you to give me your business card. I know it's old-fashioned, but sometimes people still have business. Or, or we click phones and you get your phone number or whatever. So I can set up a meeting. Then that's a successful pitch. Um, if the pitch is a 15-minute presentation at my, my prospect's company office and the CEO couldn't get there. So the purpose of this pitch was to make sure that the people in that room tell the CEO, we really need to meet with this company again and I succeed, then that's a successful pitch. Now, there are some rules and there are some structures that you can use to create a, an effective pitch, but I think, rule, I think rules are kind of made to be broken. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, if it's not effective, well, then maybe you broke the wrong rule in that particular case. But why it's called an elevator pitch? So I'm going to start by saying I don't believe um, in, in spreading fake news. 
okay? So I have to start by saying that I have not been able to confirm this story as to why it's called an elevator pitch, but I have heard the story. I like the story. <laughs> so it sounds, as, it sounds as good as any. So basically, an elevator pitch started because there was a law firm in Chicago that had the top floor of a tall building in somewhere around the early 1900s. And apparently the elevator went directly up to the top floor, which is where their offices were. And it was like floor 20. That was a tall building back then. But elevators were slow back then too. So apparently the elevator ride took something like 37 seconds or 42 seconds or whatever it is. And the idea of the elevator pitch was that a junior partner had an elevator ride to convince a senior partner to become their sponsor, to becoming a senior partner. So you didn't need to get them to say, yes, you're going to be a senior partner, but you needed to convince them to say, yes, I will sponsor you. And they needed to do that from the time the elevator door shut at the lobby to the time they opened at the top, at the <laughs> okay. top floor. So it was, an, it was an elevator pitch. And I don't think the word pitch even was used back then, but I think that the story of it, and when the word pitch started to get used, that's when the, the kind of two terms got put together. I was also just thinking now, would it matter maybe if you have a very short pitch or if it's long or should you always try to keep your pitch within a minute or two Well, what do you mean, would it matter? So for, for, the, for, the, for your idea maybe or for what you're pitching. So, so the, again, the interesting thing about pitching and the interesting thing about when people want to kind of narrow down what a pitch is, is so I grew up on, on Long Island outside of New York City. And I worked in New York City for a while, and, and maybe it's still the, the, the center of the advertising world, but it was called Madison Avenue in Manhattan. And that's where all the big advertising companies were. I do think it's much more spread out now, but back in the 90s, I guess, in the 80s and 90s, that was the center of the advertising world. And they would bring in clients, sometimes for full-day presentations, and they would be called pitches. So these could be hours long with multimedia presentations and maybe it was a sports team so they would create a mascot or you know they would create a, a fake commercial for them and there was just so many different parts to it um, and that was that was a pitch right and it, but it was hours long and yet an elevator pitch is 30 seconds but they're both called pitches but an elevator pitch is called an elevator pitch so there are different pitches and they have different purposes okay so an elevator pitch could have been used at some point by somebody working on Madison Avenue to this dream customer to get them to the point where, okay, let's have a meeting, right? Where I can pitch you on what we can do for you. And then we have a follow-up meeting where I talk to your executives who are gonna spend the advertising dollars. And then they say, that's great. We'll see you in three months where you can pitch us what your advertising campaign would be. And then the advertising company would get to work on creating their campaign and they would deliver it. it like I said, could be an all day an all day thing. Broad use of the, the word pitch, that's why I still I've I've broadened it even more. <laughs> okay, okay. Have you ever experienced someone giving a great pitch while the idea has been not that good? I would say that that um that happens less than the other way around. Mm -hmm. I think if your idea is is not that good, you will have a hard time delivering a great pitch. Now when I say that We've probably all seen the shows, Dragon's Nest, Shark Tank, things like yeah. that, right? And I think that most of us would agree that... Now, you have to understand, these are made for TV. They're, they're made to create drama and, 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 and keep us interested. In the real world, that's generally not the way a, a pitch meeting will go to a venture capitalist. But 
I think we would all agree that in general, we've seen it happen where an investor will invest in the person and think the idea, huh, we can work on the idea, but you I love. Mm. Whereas somebody says, that's a fantastic idea. I hate you, but I'll still invest. Mm. So the answer to the question is, have I ever seen a, a, a great pitch for a bad idea? Honestly, really is no. Mm. But I have seen really good pitches because the person was so personable. And it wasn't that it was a bad idea, but the, the energy that they gave to the idea lifted it up to a place where you thought, hmm, maybe this could work. Mm. So I think that if you, if you bring that passion um, and if you follow a structure that makes sure I understand what this idea could possibly generate, then it doesn't have to be the world's best idea mm. in order for you to succeed. So they're more interested in, in investing in, in the person. In the person yeah. than the idea, mm. for sure. Okay, so um, back to Lind Innovation Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, on the weekend, um, 19th to 21st of November, it's happening. And the students are going to, um, um, how do you say, they're going to be different groups and dis- discussion uh, ideas and so on. Do you have any tips to those students when they are placing groups mm-hmm. with other students that they haven't met before. Mm-hmm. So I asked Marcus earlier in the day what the theme was. And honestly, for a challenge like this, I couldn't think of a better a, a better theme, right? The future of education. I mean, you guys are being educated right now. My, my days of going to school are long over. We were talking about <laughs> this before, thankfully, right? Um, but, I have, but I have kids. You know, I have three kids school age. And... I would love for some ideas to come out of that, that that could increase the quality of education for all kids, right? Because while I think the education system overall does a great job, there are some improvements that can be made, for sure. And there are some countries around the world that try some different things, and I think sometimes they don't work and sometimes they do. So my advice for the team members is think about where you are right now in your kind of life's journey. You're in the middle of your educational process. And maybe all of you are not the perfect square peg that they're trying to put in the perfect round hole. Think about how how can the hole that they're trying to put you in be a little bit more flexible so that we can include more people who fall a little bit outside of that. You know, so we weren't big on, on ADD diagnosis when I went to school. I'm sure that if I was a kid today, I'd have one. I did get a dyslexia um, diagnosed when I was younger. So I kind of felt like I didn't fit into the school, the school module. Now, you don't have to totally reinvent the school just for kids like me, but I, I do think it needs to be flexible enough to include a broader range of kids. So I think going, going in there, going with open minds, think about where you are and what, what could be done better. Both think about what could be done better now. It's going to take time to implement it, but what can be better now? But then don't stop there. Think about that in 20 years' time, things are going to be drastically different than now. So I think, I think it's really interesting. For those of you who have ever traveled to an airport, have you ever been to an airport where there's not construction going on? <laughs> I haven't. And I'm kind of like, why don't you guys build for what airport, airplane traffic is going to be in 20 years? Yeah. Easier said than done. I get it. But why do only a certain number of apartment buildings get built in Lund when we know we're, we're going to need three times that many in the next mm-hmm. 10 years? You know, so think about that when you get together. Be open-minded. Be less concerned with who your teammates are than the fact that you guys are here to 
have a have a have fun that weekend too. I mean, this should be a fun event. It shouldn't just mm. be all. Um, but that also something really positive and really amazing can come out of it. And you guys are going to talk to people who can help you make these things a reality. So have fun, take it seriously, be open-minded, think about your personal journey where you are now, but also what can what can we do to really improve things in five, ten, twenty years? And you are also going to speak at Lick, right? That's the rumor. Yeah. What are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk. What do you think I'm going to talk about? Maybe pitching. Maybe pitching. <laughs> yes. So um, yeah. So I'll give a, I'll give a presentation. It's it's it, it can be anywhere from forty to fifty minutes, depending how much I feel like talking that morning. <laughs> But I do think I have an hour total, and uh, but I'll be around the rest of the day. We're going to be talking about pitching, going to be talking about different types of pitching, which I've given away a little bit here. Perhaps more important, I'm going to be talking about some tips on how to build a good a good pitch, but then also how to deliver a good pitch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a structure um, that, that many of you probably have heard of before. I won't give it away today because I want you to show up to my... To my lecture on what was it the nineteenth? I'll be speaking, yeah, yeah. right? So, so there's a structure, and what I have to say is, as an entrepreneur, when I first learned about a structure, I was like, I'm an entrepreneur, I don't need a structure. What I can tell you, I'm totally converted now, because what the structure basically does is it gives you a frame. What you paint on the canvas is totally up to you, but the framework makes sure that you deliver a pitch that will be that, or at least that will have as good a chance, a better chance of being effective. And then throughout the day, there'll be time where you guys will be able to pitch and I'll, I'll listen to it and be giving some feedback as well. What are your, your expectations for the weekend? Show up. Show up and you'll see. Yeah, yeah. No, well, so I don't, I don't just mean show up that, that your body is there, but show up, you know, bring yourself, bring, bring your A game. Why come and spend 48 hours Um, if you're just going to kind of sit there maybe with your arms folded, uh, you know, if that's the case, then honestly don't show up, mm-hmm. right? Because, because yeah, you're there in body, but, but I'm talking about your spirit, your, your, your emotional intelligence, your, your, your experience, right? If how many students? 120. Yeah. 120 different yeah. minds, right? And even if there's some homogeneity to it in that, you know, most of you or all of you are Loon University students. You're still 120 different unique individuals. I mean, that's an amazing amount of brain power if you show up. So show up, be open-minded, be curious, ask questions. One of the, the things that I've learned about living in Sweden is you get so much further meeting new people and talking and listening to new people than sticking to, let's say, your, your, your best friend from doggies, right? For those international students, doggies is daycare here um and it, it's got nothing to do with that you don't love your best friend but new experiences give us new teachings and i think that's the way we're gonna solve the future of education or whatever it is you happen to be working on at the time so show up talk with Max, who's one of the founders of the company Skosh. He and two other friends started the company after they'd been participating in the Lund Innovation Challenge. Uh, so I'm uh, Max, um, I'm from the Netherlands, 25 years old, and I came to Sweden to start my uh, master's industrial design. So my background is in product design and product development. 
uh, and always a, a big interest for entrepreneurship. So that's one of the reasons why I came to Sweden as well to to explore the opportunities there. And um, you have been starting up Skosh. Do you want to tell us about it and how it's starting? Yeah, of course. Um, so I met two uh, friends. They became friends, Tom and Simon. Uh, and we all had the interest of entrepreneurship. They had a very different background, so um, marketing and sales and, and finance and business development. Um, and because me as a product designer, I always come up with good ideas, but bringing it to the market and the financial part, it was, it was lacking a bit. So I was kind of searching for people who could be complementary there to figure out if we could do a project together whatsoever. And then we applied for the, the Lund Innovation Challenge, like the biggest innovation challenge in, in Skåne, I think, uh, to give it a try. So we were there a whole weekend developing different ideas. And we pitched the ideas, we got some support from, from someone from Sony, I think. And one of the ideas we pitched was actually the, the cleaning tablets, which are um, used to dissolve in, in tap water and result in, in effective cleaning liquid. And they were quite enthusiastic in the sense of like, ah, hey, I, I think I've heard it before, but it's not really on the market here yet, right? So if you have the right team, go for it, pitch it. Uh, and the nice thing was that we distributed the tasks quite quickly because it was a, a quick weekend. Uh, so I did all the, the design and some sketches, some research, and the guys, they, they pitched it. And yeah, the, the jury was super enthusiastic, so we went to the finals. And we even won the challenge. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was really validating that it's like, okay, people think it is actually a good idea. And when I came up with the idea, I thought like, okay, now we won. And the prize was um, a spot in, in the, the student incubator Venture Lab, which allowed us to develop the idea. So we all sat together and we thought, hey guys, are we going to do this? Like we are still studying and... Um, the guys were doing the first master year of one master year, so they they only needed to finish that year. But I did a two uh, okay. two years of a master. Yeah. But we thought, okay, it's it's kind of cool, right? Let's let's give it a try. Uh, so we committed all of us and shake hands, and and that day, Scotch was born. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So your ambition in the London Mission Challenge, you didn't know what what it would turn out to be like? No, not at all. I, I think the, the topic was sustainable data mm -hmm. and at the end it was not a lot about data but why we won the challenge is because it was the best idea ready to go yeah. because we had such a complementary team in marketing, finance as well as product design. We only needed chemistry experts to start the whole process and, exactly. and bring it to the market and test it. So compared to other ideas, we were quite like, okay, we could give this a try right now. And it, that's how we kind of won. Yeah. But did you all meet for the first time at uh, Lake? Uh, no. So we, Simon was my roommate at yeah. Lund. And Simon and Tom were both studying entrepreneurship and innovation. Yeah. A different track though. So I, I met uh, Tom through Simon. Okay. And we were friends already. We went out for a beer once in a while on the weekends. 
So we, I kind of convinced them to participate in, in the innovation challenge yeah. as a group of friends. Yeah. Uh, Did yeah. you start talking about it already before the innovation challenge? Oh, I have a great idea or no, because about the idea popped up during the innovation challenge. We, okay. we focused a lot on the sustainable development goals. So we sketched out, okay, which, which numbers do we have? Uh, because it was about like sustainable sustainability in a sense of like how can we create an impact um, and then we started brainstorming on, on the whiteboard and I remember that I drew the first tablet on the whiteboard yeah. and I was inspired by someone in the Dutch Design Week like years ago and she tried to do it with shampoo so she was doing it with a shampoo ball so I drew the shampoo ball back then and then we started talking and having a discussion and then we we came to the conclusion that based on some research that cleaning liquids is way more easily to apply it to. Yeah. Uh, it has certain reasons. The first one is in cleaning liquids you have more water, so it's 95% of water, and shampoo is 80, so you need a, a bigger tablet or more powder. And the second one is shampoo is, you, you apply it on your skin. So there are certain um, risks in the development that you have sure. to be very knowledgeable to come up with a formulation for this. And even the third is that everyone is using a different brand. And we thought we can disrupt this more easily in cleaning rather than shampoo. Till the day of today, we can still apply the concept to many, many different things. So I think shampoo could be the next thing for sure. Okay, so you've already thought about that. Yeah, yeah. So we are currently figuring out if we... So we are with our partner developing uh, hand soap. So a tablet form and hand soap. So now we're figuring out like, okay, what, what do we need? And it's very different to surface cleaning, um, but applying the concept in, in multiple different areas, uh, that's kind of the goal. Uh, I wonder, how did you first um, uh, heard about Lund Innovation Challenge? I was studying at IKDC, like the design center in Lund. I think I saw some like posters or like on a display and at the end, a bit more information on Facebook. That's how I came to like the application procedure as well. So I think yeah. Facebook was the last push. <laughs> the funny thing was that um, I tried to convince the guys in the beginning and then we missed the deadline because it was just like, hey, should we apply for it? And then it just didn't happen. Yeah. And then I got like a, like a notification on Facebook like, hey, we postponed the, the deadline. You can still apply oh, for okay. it. So we were kind of too late in the beginning. <laughs> And then we applied afterwards because okay. it was like, okay, hey, like we, we have another chance, let's just do it. Yeah. Uh, but it was through Facebook, yeah. Okay. okay. That's yeah. really interesting that you're about to miss the whole thing. Yeah. And then you end up winning it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, a funny coincidence if you think back about it. Would you recommend it to other students to join it? A hundred percent. It was uh, a tough weekend in the sense of it was raining a lot. I remember <laughs> that we had to wake up early in the rain, going to Ilion to do the brainstorm sessions. But for us, it really bonded us as mm. friends. So on the Friday, we went out for a beer to do the brainstorm session in the bar. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely recommend it. I think even if you don't have a team, you can just apply as an individual. And it's it's a great way of, it's the pace is super high because they are not accept, like expecting you to come up with like a ready idea, which you can straight away push to the market. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, um, it's it's pushing you in a sense of thinking out of the box and uh, coming up with, with new ideas. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about the name Squash. Mm -hmm. Why is it called Squash? 
Why Scotch? That's, that's a good question. So we started actually uh, when we presented it in, in the Innovation Challenge. It was soaplets, soap mm. with tablets, very straightforward. <laughs> but then we thought like if we want to be a high quality brand in, in Sweden, leading Scandinavia, we want to have like an arching name for, for different products, like a brand name. So not really explanatory in the sense of like that it's soap and a tablet because maybe we're not gonna offer only tablets. Um, so we, we tried out many different names and Skosh, uh, it means a little bit. It's, it comes from the Japanese word Tsukoshi and a little bit is very like aligned with what we do. We just go back to the essentials. And the funny thing is that Skosh, a lot of people said like, ah, squash or squash, and that's how, yeah, exactly. it, how it stuck in, in the sense of that people remembered yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have quite some problems once in a while. In Sweden, it's often squoosh. <laughs> okay. But I think it's, it, it sounds easy as soon as you've heard it, like the, the right pronunciation, it sticks. And it's, yeah, I think it sounds high quality. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. Uh, if we go back to the the company, when after you founded that, what was your first your first ambition? So when we founded it, so we we found the company in order to get the first funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we needed the funding to come up with the formulation. So the first ambition was okay, getting this formulation theoretical base, and then going to the first manufacturer to to press the first tablets, uh, because the idea was great, but is it really feasible? Can we come up with an, a formulation that's cleaning as effective as, as competitors? Uh, so that was the first thing we did, like validating the idea mm. by first like a proof of concept. What is your um, what is your, your goal in a way? Do you want to? I guess you want to grow in Sweden, and then you want to, or you want to grow in different markets? Yeah. So at the end, we want to make it a bit more convenient for for our customers to become environmental friendly in a sense of. Right now, there are not many solutions out there uh, for eco-friendly cleaning liquids. You always buy the plastic bottle mm-hmm. or you have to do the inconvenient do-it-yourself things like mixing it. So what we're trying to do is we, we make it as easy as possible and convenient as possible for you out there who want to do a bit better. So you don't have to be the, the like world-solving, but if you want to reduce your plastic waste a bit, we want to make it a bit easier for you. And currently we are expanding to a lot of different products. So we are going into household cleaning. So it's not only service cleaning, but think about like we just launched the dishwash tablets, hand soap, washing, powder, like whatever you can use in your household uh, to make it as convenient. You buy it from one brand and you know that you're contributing to a bit better future. And currently we are uh, focusing on Sweden and Scandinavia e-commerce wise but we are having quite a bit of retailers in, in Europe uh, so in uh, for example in the Netherlands in the UK so it's we're not limiting ourselves in the sense of like okay we only want to do it in one country so the goal would be expanding first being the market leader here and that's what we are but yeah. we, there are still a lot of people who don't know about us and then applying it to certain countries what advice would you give to other people who wants to start a company or who has a great idea? If, if the urge is there, go for it. Please give it a try at least and, and you will figure out if it's something for you or not because you put a lot of hours in it and you don't get a lot back in the beginning like, 
of course, uh, money-wise, or it's, it's very satisfying as soon as you achieve something. But there are a lot of bumps in the road. But my advice would definitely be if you have a good idea or you don't have the idea, but you just have the, the urge to do it, search for the right people and, and give it a go. Uh, because there are enough great ideas out there, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel in any kind of sense. It's a lot about the team and not just the idea. What do you think is the most important when you do a pitch? So I think the most important thing when you do a, a pitch is that you know yourself very clearly like how you stand behind the idea uh, because I've seen quite a bit of pitches and people are very hesitant in that mm -hmm. kind of sense and I know it's difficult but that's practicing so the, the more confident you are in your idea and the more you believe in it uh, the easier it is to convince someone else and then of course you have the NABC like the, the structure uh, which you should, should apply to it but try to be Relax in that kind of sense, don't talk too fast and, and believe in it yourself. How important is it to know who you're pitching for? It's, I think it's the number one because it really depends on what do you want to know. Do you want to see the numbers uh, mm. we've been reaching the last months or are you really into sustainability and do you want to know which sustainability development goals we're tackling? Like for us, we're now, so we've been pitching of course, and now it's like different investors, they just have different needs and you should tailor your pitch towards a, speci a specific investor for sure. So you really think about that before you do a pitch? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. And, and I would definitely recommend to do it because a lot of people, they just have different interests uh, and you have number people who are really into numbers, but there are a lot of people as well in into like very different KPIs, it's just the way it is. But um, all of you in Scotch work full-time with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're a team of... So we're, we're a team of six now. Yeah. And it's three co-founders and then three people we, we took in. And when did you expand with the employees? Yeah, when did you go from three to six, yeah. for example? So it was quite gradually in the sense of first we had some unpaid interns because we didn't have the, the investment yet and then we saw that we we need to build like a, a strong team in order to expand and now we should hire more people because there's just way more to do and if we want to keep growing we need to keep hiring people so I think it, it happened in the last year so from January to today we kind of like took one and two and then we had like four and then one left again. So it's like kind of like a process of like, is there a fit as well? And how do we see it in the future? Because we want to have a, a strong established team. Mm. Uh, that's of course the, the core to grow, I would say. Uh, in your own entrepreneurship, how and is it from a specific like person or how do you say, I mean, where have you found your inspiration in your own entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. So I think as a, a little kid, I always like to to sell things like in a sense, yeah. So, and I knew I was quite good at it as well, maybe a bit more sales focused. But then I took took a very different route, like a product design and a board more the creative approach. And during my studies, I was not really oriented anymore on the like okay, the the hustling and the selling and and the, the pitching and trying to convince someone. But I. I knew some, some entrepreneurs around me, for example, my dad. So I always knew, mm -hmm. like, okay, it's, it's something I would like to explore. And after my bachelor's, I started freelancing. 
as a product designer where I had to sell myself a bit more. And then I was like, okay, this is what I would like to try out more during the masters. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I came to Sweden as well, because it's so open in the sense of like my, my master program was like I could really do whatever I wanted if I would justify it, like why. So I did Scosh as a as a project as well during my masters. Okay. Yeah. Before the Lunar Innovation Challenge? Or? No, the, like when I saw that we won the Innovation Challenge, yeah, then, yeah. then it developed to an idea and then I did it as a, as like a university project, okay, like the okay. first half year, because I wanted to commit 100% to it, but I couldn't, I couldn't have done that if I would still do a science project for, for the university. Okay. So I kind of like merged it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is all. Uh, yeah, actually. it was very interesting. Nice, thanks. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon again.